economy. I know there's a big demand currently. It's going to continue. I don't see that stopping or slowing down either. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. And on these Wednesdays, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. How about you, Todd? I'm doing fantastic. Um, you know, it's a... Uh, well, this will be after the 4th of July. So happy, happy Independence Day to everybody. Um, hope you had a great 4th. This was the 5th coming out, right, Matt? Uh, geez, what uh, the Wednesday after, that'll be the 5th. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. We're pre-recording this, if you can't tell, uh, you know, but we're uh, we're recording it prior to Independence Day. Um, we're excited. We're going up to um, a friend's cabin. We actually helped to build the cabin uh, he did most of the work. I helped out here and there a little bit, um, but excited to get up there. They've got, they've got it finished and um, spend some time on the lake with the kids and hang out with the family. And that's, uh, you know, that's really a, a lot of what I feel like the 4th of July Independence Day is all about. Just, you know, being thankful and grateful for what you got, be able to spend time with friends, family, and and just enjoy it. Indeed. I mean, uh I'm very thankful to be in the United States. There's no other place in the world like uh, this for real estate investing, especially. Yeah. Well, is Madison, Wisconsin still in the U.S.? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, more into the U.S. than uh, Minneapolis. Deeper <laughs> into the heart. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Definitely. Uh, definitely a great place to do business. Um, you know, I think if you look at real estate and you look at real estate around the country, and I haven't. I haven't invested around the country, so so I might be just way off base, but I don't think I too far off base. There's a lot of countries uh, around the world that it's much more difficult to invest in real estate. The returns aren't nearly as good. Uh, if you look at especially the developed countries in, in the world, the the returns in the U.S. are excellent compared to a lot of these countries. They're looking at like a two cap, three cap, and they're excited about something like that. And our caps got compressed drastically, right? They're starting to expand a little bit. They're still pretty pretty uh, compressed, but they're still, compared to a lot of these other countries, they're still uh, really good. And there's a lot of other countries too that your ownership, your true ownership in the real estate is less than in the US. Of course, the US, you could argue that you never own the real estate. Um, you just have the right to uh, have it and use it and enjoy it. Uh, but you still have to pay property taxes on it and try not to pay those property taxes and you don't have that property anymore. So that that definitely is true, but other countries uh, don't have the rights that we have. And the last thing too is uh, the tax benefits are phenomenal here in the US. And uh, that's definitely a huge benefit to investing in, in real estate, especially if when you're looking at kind of larger commercial real estate, investment real estate, where you can really capture some tax benefits um, beyond. And then also, uh, I guess the last thing is the financing is excellent here in the US compared to a lot of other countries too. So we've got really good financing options. Uh, you can get into your own single family house, obviously everybody knows for very small down payments, uh, but even commercial real estate, we've got excellent products out there for, and a lot of options for everybody. So yeah, that's not what we're talking about today, but I guess... Uh, little sidetrack. 
That's what? why we love the U.S. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we never get on sidetracks, but yes, no, no. Uh, we absolutely love the U.S. But uh, we're actually talking about our we're continuing our asset class series, and today we're talking about industrial and warehouse space. Yeah, yeah, and this has been a, the one of the darlings of uh, the last uh, fifteen years. You know, you talk about probably two two asset classes that have shined the brightest, and it's multifamily. And it's a uh, industrial warehouse. So why though? Why is that been so good? I think most of us can kind of figure that out, right? We've got uh, a country that, you know, is transitioning or world that is transitioning to a lot of uh, online. Um, there's, there's a huge demand in that. Um, last mile shipping, uh, we want our products fast. Uh, we want to make sure we have the inventory. I think we saw this uh, actually post-pandemic. You know, we saw we had this inventory shortage. Well, people don't want to have that, so they need to places to put the stuff. So that's these industrial and warehouse uh, buildings. So uh, I think there's a there's a big demand currently. I know there's a big demand currently. I, it's going to continue. I don't see that stopping or slowing down either. Yeah, I agree. And it's a completely different market cycle from multifamily as well. Uh, so, um, you know, it works a lot differently. So your underwriting is going to work very different as well. Yeah, for sure. So, well, yes and no, right? I mean, it's still fundamentals of real estate, right? So still we're looking at our income, we're looking at our expenses, and that's then we get our NOI and we can base our purchase price on that. But so yes, that the the basics are the same, but there's definitely little nuances uh, involved that make it much different. So you have to understand what you're looking for. Yep, I agree. What you know, one one of those uh, big things, for instance, um, is. When we look at industrial, when we look at a lot of commercial real estate, we really value it based on the leases. So there's a couple of things that we are going to base our value on. And now this is outside of industrial, but let this will give you a uh, for instance. So think about if you've got a um, Dollar General in a great and really nice city, uh, newer building, and they're on a 25 year lease. That's going to go for a five cap, you know, five and a half cap, whatever. It's going to go for for a very low cap, four and a half, whatever it is. If you've got another building, it could be even brand new. It could be even be in a great location, all of that. But it's instead of a dollar general, it's got Frank's $1 store, right? Nobody's ever heard of Frank's. It's not a chain. Doesn't have any history behind it. It's just a guy who wanted to do what Dollar General does, and he's willing to sign the same lease. And maybe that's instead of a twenty-five year, because Frank's you know newer in the business, it's only a five-year lease, three-year lease. That has way less value, even though my numbers might be the same. My my NOI, in fact, my NOI might be better on Frank's store, right? But the cap rate instead of a five is going to be a, an eight or a seven, right? So it's just totally different. And the same thing with industrial. We're going to base it on our length of our leases. We're going to base it on the type of tenant that we have. 
we're going to base it on obviously the age and location of the property, which is the same as multifamily, but, um, but those are things we really look at when we look at industrial, uh, or a lot of commercial, quite frankly. Yeah. And there's a wide range of industrial and warehouse space too. I mean, there's like manufacturing facilities, distribution centers, right. logistic hubs, storage warehouses, and uh, flex spaces as well. That, uh, you know, the mullet of real estate, the business in the front with the warehouse space in the back. And that's a great, I love the mullet of real estate or I love the idea of it. Um, we have a mullet um, in our portfolio and love it. Uh, it's got the office portion to it. But it's it's got the R and D and uh, and the industrial kind of the you know the pull up bays and all that kind of stuff to it as well. So definitely definitely love um, that type of product for sure. Another thing to consider is uh, location. You know, it's the same as like any type of real estate. Location is a, a critical factor for industrial warehouse. So you want properties that have like easy access to major transportation routes, like you know highways, ports airports, rail lines, that sort of thing. And proximity to densely populated areas uh, are, are also going to be advantageous as well. Yeah. Um, proximity and, and location are definitely huge. You want to make sure that not only the city that you're in has a high amount of probably shipping going on. Well, again, it depends. It depends on what industrial we're talking about. When you talk about manufacturing, that looks totally different. So mm -hmm. whatever your product is, but if, you, if you've if you got a, a product that's required shipping or required a lot of shipping, uh, is more of a storage area, you want to make sure that you're in not only a city that that's strong, but then in a sub-market that it's strong, we can be last mile, you can be close to an airport, can be close to uh you know a fedex or you know something like that but you want to make sure it's got a great location and it's easy in in ingress and egress too and one of my contacts is actually uh, his specialization is in opening up a, or setting up warehouse space that can handle indoor grow operations for marijuana uh, which i think is going to be a bigger thing in minnesota especially since uh you know, cold climate, but uh, marijuana recreationally is becoming legal. You know, so there's there's a good point, though. We, you know, there's so many different uses to an industrial type building uh, um, where, you know, you look at an apartment building, what's the use? It's apartments. You look at an office building, what's the use? It's office, right? You look at a retail building, that can be a little bit of more storage use, but it's mostly retail, right? You look at an industrial building and you can even have the shopping experience, a little bit different shopping experience, but you can have a little bit of that. You can have the the marijuana, whatever, uh, growing facility or whatever, whatever you, you know, whatever's done in that. And you can have, I've gone to industrial centers that have uh, breweries in them. Right. Uh, so there's so many different uses, uh, store, you know, commercial storage, um, you know, R&D, um, so many different things that can be put into this kind of industrial type building. The building that we have is is leased by a medical device company. Right. That's a, that's but it could also it could also be leased by a printing company which is right next door to it. It could be leased by a manufacturing company. It could be leased by a data center. 
It could be leased by, you know, Amazon uh, shipping. There's so many different uses for it. And so it's got a lot of versatility a lot of times as well. Yeah, but your target uh, tenant is going to be dependent upon what like the specific features and amenities that you have or can True. install in that. So like whether it's high ceilings, big loading docks, lots of parking space, you know, mm-hmm. truck maneuverability space, uh, you know, that whatever infrastructure and utilities are there as well. And what's in the area, mm-hmm. right? And yes. so if you're, if you're uh, buying an industrial building and you want to get a, uh, medical device company in there, but there's no medical anywhere around it. It's it's probably going to get be tougher to get right. Mm-hmm. But if there's um, manufacturing companies all nearby, it's probably going to be easier to get a manufacturing company. So it's the uses you got to be understanding what your typical use is in that location. But even with that said, Matt, I'm thinking about some of these industrial buildings by us and a perfect example. One of them is a trampoline park, right? In the building. I got a uh, sky zone. Okay. You can go there and bounce on trampolines. And then right next door to it is a Ferguson supply, um, you know, where they supply plumbing and uh, appliances and things like that in, in materials, right, for construction. Um, so it's it still can be very versatile uh, at times, even though if that's maybe not the specific thought of use. Churches sometimes are in them. And it's, it's crazy the amount of different businesses that can go into industrial buildings, which I really like um, because we've got a I, – I like the idea of having a wide variety of options that can still use my industrial building. And then the lease uh, structure, you know, typically I think warehouses and and industrial are going to have longer term leases compared to like other commercial real estate. And they'll still probably have triple net though, where the tenant pays for the taxes, insurance and maintenance as well. Yeah. So good long-term leases. Um, A lot of times we get good high uh, credit tenant that's going to be leasing. Um, and with that triple net, like you talked about, so triple net, meaning that the tenant's going to take care of pretty much all the expenses, including maintaining the building. And they're going to be in, it, responsible for making sure a lot of the various repairs are taken care of. Uh, the, the utility bills are taken care of, um, you know, all, all the property fees, including the real estate fees and management fees and so on. Is being taken care of, so that's that's a great thing. And then along with that, commercial leases typically have a an an increase in rents every year. So it might be you know three to four percent rental increase every single year built in. Now that's a good thing and it's a bad thing. The bad thing about it is what happens when the market rents are going up by you know ten percent or. 15%, especially if you're in a high growth market. But the good thing is that, uh, you know, if uh, you hit a recessionary time or something like that, you're you're locked in, you know what you're going to get. So it's really easy to underwrite and it's really easy to understand, okay, we got rents increasing by 3% every single year. I understand exactly how much money I'm going to make, at least income coming in. Uh, my expenses may vary, but I know exactly how much income's coming in. And one thing I think, 
some people might overlook when they're looking at industrial and office space is the property management. You know, like, are you going to do the property management yourself or are you going to hire somebody? You know, you might find that like the awesome, you know, perfect deal in the world, but if there isn't good property management in the area to be able to handle it for you or, or, you know, options, if you need to fire that property manager for another one, you might be, you know, out of luck with uh, really, it's, or it's going to be like a huge headache for you to operate yourself. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and depending on how you have it set up, that could be a real challenge. Or um, if you don't have the teams available for, you know, again, depends on on your type of tenant and the leases and and how it's all set up. But even though they might pay for the uh, repairs and maintenance, you still may need to be the one doing them. Or a lot of time, most of the time, you are. So you need to have the maintenance people, and you need to be able to have the professional help. That can do that. And if you're not able to hire a third-party property management company, that's that's up to you as, as that responsibility. Mm-hmm. And do you know what kind of returns people are uh, can anticipate with investing in industrial and uh, warehouse? Yeah, again, it's going to be very dependent on what you get and your location and the opportunity and all that kind of stuff. And is this a value add? Is it just current, you know, current leases in place and long term and, and all that? So very, very, very dependent on what you're getting. But in general, industrial is is going to see, you know, decent cash flow. Um with you know, I would say probably probably similar to multifamily, uh maybe a little bit higher cash flow. And a little bit uh, less upside potential, but again, it varies so much, Matt. That I could buy one building and I could get a four percent cash on cash return and a and a ten percent IRR, and I could buy another building and get a ten percent cash on cash return and and a and a thirty percent IRR. I mean, we've got, we've got our, our building is is throwing off very nice cash on cash return. Um, right now, and of course that could change, but right now it's extremely good cash on cash return, double digit cash on cash return. Uh, if we were to sell it right now and get the price we anticipate we could get again, we, we do very, very well. Um, but we bought it with some hair on it with a little bit of meat on it. And so there's that opportunity where we can come in and we did quite frankly, we didn't have to do, here's, here's a nice thing too, Matt. A lot of times when you buy these buildings, you might not have to do all that much work to the buildings to add value. You just have to do the lease out part. You have to take that risk of, hey, this building is vacant. This building ha- is, you know, has higher vacancy. And I have to find the, the new tenant that goes in there to add the value to create that arbitrage. And now without putting a lot of work into it, maybe we bought a $10 million building and we put a half a million dollars worth of work into it, a quarter million dollars worth of work into it. But yet we got a brand new lease in there. We just increased the value by $5 million by putting $500,000 into it. So that can easily be done. And that's a perfect example of something similar to what we did. Um, Those numbers aren't exact, but I mean, it's similar to what we did. And, you know, you and I really love multifamily investing, but uh, multifamily often comes with the constraints of strict rules and regulations about uh, evictions and rent control, but those don't exist with warehouse and industrial space, or or at least not to my knowledge anyway. Not right now. And I think 
you know, if that type of stuff does happen, I don't know. It's just going to be a long time from now. I don't see it happening because it's, it's business to business. It's shark, shark on shark um, where I think the government feels like it's uh, with, with the residential it's, it's shark versus minnow, right? You've got your poor, um, you know, renter that not necessarily poor monetarily, but they, they don't know any better and they, they, you know, they just don't have an opportunity. Right. And so they want to try to give back to them. And um, that's what the government's idea is. Hey, we got to protect this person from this shark of a landlord where I don't, that's not the same idea with, with a business. It's like, yeah, you got the the landlord, the landlord's a business owner and you got the business owner, the business owner is a business owner. You got two sharks. And so let them, let them fight it out. Right. And so, yeah, I just don't see, I don't see anything like that happening. I think it's a, and that's actually another good thing about um, industrial and, and really commercial in general is that you're dealing with um, business owners. And so that's who you're surrounding yourself with. And personally, I like surrounding myself with business owners. I like surrounding myself with very highly sophisticated people, um, at least sophisticated in that manner. And I think that's, in my opinion, a, a big advantage. Indeed. Yeah, I'd say overall, I mean, if if I wasn't doing or so focused on multifamily, industrial and warehouse would be a asset class that I would really be interested in uh, building my portfolio with. Yeah, there's a lot of high demand. Like you said, there's so many different avenues you can go and you probably need to figure out what your kind of bread and butter within that industry is. I would, I would liken uh, industrial to housing as, and, and by that, I mean, it, industrial slash warehouse comprises of so many different opportunities. It's like saying, Hey, I invest in housing instead of multifamily large, you know, like I invest in large multifamily, we're buying hundred, 200 unit buildings, Well, you got the hundred, 200 unit buildings. You've got the 10 unit buildings. You've got the single family homes. You've got the mobile home parks. Um, you know, you've got the tiny homes, you've got Airbnb, uh, you, you know, so you have, you have flipping, you have wholesaling, you have all kinds of things within the residential field. That's the same thing in industrial. There's so many different options. There's so many different ways you can make money and strategies. And you can look at, hey, I, I want last mile self-storage. I want high bay, uh, our high ceilings, high 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 bay. You know, just like you want to make sure you've got certain characteristics and you're looking for certain types of tenants. Um, there, there's a lot of different strategies you can go about with it. Uh, one, one thing, you know, it's when we talk about financing, very similar to office to retail, um, you're get, typically getting um, local, regional, sometimes national banks. But you know the 25 year AM, 2025 year amortization, fixed for five years. Um, you know more more local type uh, money versus you know, with multifamily. You got the Fet, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. So you do have some more options uh, than that with the industrial, but but that's kind of your, your bread and butter financing. Indeed. All right. Uh, anything else you want to mention about industrial on warehouse? Um, no, but I think there's still plenty of opportunity for people who want to get in it. It's a, it's an industry that's uh, definitely been the darling of real estate 
but I think there's a lot of opportunity too. And so if you can find something that's got a great location, a great story, I'd say go for it. You know, first of all, learn about it, right? Don't don't just go for it, but learn about it. But I think it's 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 a great uh, asset class for sure. And better yet, partner with somebody who's already successful with it too, versus trying to figure yeah. it all out on your own. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Agree. Well, Matt, uh, that's it for me. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Thanks. You too. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.